Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, called The Gift of Life. Jesus, what? Died for us. God put his love on display. And whenever a human being forgives somebody like God forgives, it's mind-blowing. We say, how could you forgive that person? Well, the only way is the love of Christ is being shed abroad in their hearts. And so in which, look at verse 2, Ephesians 2, you formerly, in times past, you walked. Now this is in the sins and trespasses in verse 1. The word walk is often used as a synonym for live. In the Bible, it describes a consistent lifestyle of a Christian, but it can also have a negative connotation. The word walk can mean just the way that you live, the way you conduct yourself. And in times past, you formally walked. How? According to the course of this world, the word for world is cosmos. It's used, I think, just about every time in the New Testament, it's used in a negative sense for the world system. The Bible says God so loved the world. He loved all the people in the world. We're all in the same boat. And the, the world here in this particular context speaks of the system of the world according its leader is the prince, the archon in Greek, the ruler of the power of the air. Most agree the power of the air speaks of demonic spirits and we'll dig that out in a second. Of the spirit that is now working, he is at work in who? in the sons of disobedience. Now, a son was always to be known for uh, following in the ways of his father. Jesus said, you, John 8, 44, are of your father, the devil. And you do the works of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not abide in the truth. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. So the world that is following this prince, this ruler, and Jesus called him that, I think in John 14, I think it's verse 30, the prince of this world, that's what's going on. The world system marches to the beat of Satan's drum. Whether they know it or not, whether willingly or unwillingly, that is the system of the world. The anti-God system comes from Satan. He's its ultimate source He's what motivates it. And people who are walking to the the beat of his drum are walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit, he is now working. He's very active. He he roams about the earth according to Job chapter 1. And he goes about 1 Peter 5.8 as a roaring lion seeking someone to what? To make their life better. No, seeking someone to devour. And the Greek word there means literally he wants to drink them down, destroy them. If you've ever seen the, the image of a lion hunting on one of those National Geographic movies, you know how it is, right? You see the skittish deer all by itself drinking at the water thing and you see the lion and you're like, get out of the house. You're saying that to the deer, but usually it ends real bad. The spirit of the age. People are meandering, treading all about, 
but going nowhere. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 14.12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. Death is separation. It may look good, it may look attractive. Uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, right? But he walks in the ways of the Lord. That's Psalm chapter 1. It's how you walk. We're to walk in the same manner as he walked. Now, Ephesians does dig this out, and we'll highlight some passages. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? We should walk in them. God has good works for us. We're going to look at that next time. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 1. Now, we formerly walked according to the course of this world, but now we walk in a different way. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Ephesians 4.1, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Look at Ephesians 4.17. This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Notice this. Being darkened in their understanding, what are they excluded from? Excluded from the life of God. That's what the unbeliever does not have. He is excluded from the life of God. Romans 6.4 says, we now walk in newness of life. That's what the unbeliever does not have. He's excluded from that life. If you have the Son, you have the life. If you do not have the Son, you don't have that life. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying now, how you walk really flows from who you are. Amen? Let me say that one more time. How you live or how you walk flows from who you are. That's what determines everything. If you're dead in sins and trespasses, then you walk according to the course of this world. How else are you going to walk? You don't know any better. But once you know God, now you have a new way to walk. You have an illuminated path by which you are to walk. Look at uh, Ephesians 5, verse 2. Ephesians 5, 2. It says, Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Sweet-smelling smell to God. Look at Ephesians 5, 8. For you were what? Formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Look at Ephesians 5, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. What springs from this new identity in Christ is a new walk. Amen? So the, remember I told you how the letter is going to cement for us who we are in Christ, but then it's going to say now that you know who you are, walk in a manner worthy of that particular call. Don't follow the winding course of the world. Turn to Colossians. Two books to your right. Colossians 3, look at verse 3. Colossians 3, 3 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, Colossians 3, 4, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider, Colossians 3, 5, the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, 
and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once, what? Walked. When you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. It seems to me that a Christian has to make a decision, even though we know who we are in Christ, we have to put things aside. And what do we put aside? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. You get the idea, First Peter, if you go there, First Peter 4, you get the idea that the Christian walk is still filled with impediments. Can I get an amen? What I mean by that is you still have obstacles after you become a Christian. You still have this old flesh. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we're redeemed. Nobody, nobody else can relate to this. <laughs> yes, we're redeemed, but, but still, in order for us to run effectively, we have to shed the things of the world because they don't fit us anymore. And that is admittedly a process. In order to walk more and more freely, I need to get rid of things. I heard an old analogy. It's great. They said the Christian life is kind of like a hot air balloon. You know, they put the sandbags in the balloon. And every time you get rid of one of those bags of sand, the balloon rises higher. That's how the Christian life is. You get rid of stuff. You say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be serious about my walk with you. And you go higher and higher and higher. This is the course that God has set for us. And look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at verse 1. 1 Peter 4, 1. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. 1 Peter 4, 2. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the what? will of God. Now, Peter's writing to the church. For the time is already... The time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course, notice, of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousals, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. You don't think the Bible is relevant for today? Oh my goodness. And in all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excess of dissipation. Your friends say, what's with you? You used to be the life of the party. You used to wear the lampshade and tell the jokes. Now you're not running with us anymore. What's wrong? You say, I got a new path now. Oh, you're boring now, Mr. Mr. Spiritual Holy Joe. Right, then the jokes start flowing until they get in trouble. And then they call you. Hey, where's that church that you go to? Could you talk to the big man upstairs, you seem to have a connection with him. You ever hear that? That's the way the world describes God, the man upstairs, right? In one sense, he is that. He's the God man upstairs. <laughs> but in another sense, they, they don't quite get it, do they? And all this, they're surprised. And, and what do they do? Look at the end of verse 4. They what? They malign you. Don't be surprised, Peter says, if they harass you about it. But they shall give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Wow. Back to Ephesians chapter 2. And so the world walks this way. They walk to the beat of a drummer, whether they know it's Lucifer or not. doesn't really matter. He's, he's probably more effective by staying in the shadows. Among them, we too. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 3. Among them, we too, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. That's the way the world describes God, the man upstairs, right? In one sense, he is that. He's the God-man upstairs. <laughs> but in another sense, they, they don't quite get it, do they? And all this, they're surprised. And, and what do they do? Look at the end of verse 4. They what? They malign you. Don't be surprised, Peter says, if they harass you about it. But they shall give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Wow. Back to Ephesians chapter 2. And so the world walks this way. They walk to the beat of a drummer, whether they know it's Lucifer or not doesn't really matter. He's, he's probably more effective by staying in the shadows. Among them, we too. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 3. Among them, we too, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires, that's a strong word for a willful determination, of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Now, if you want a good Bible verse to prove that we are children of wrath by nature, it's Ephesians 2, 3. It tells us that this is what we are by nature. And this is, this is scary sad, but it's true. We are by nature what? Children of what? Wrath. John three thirty six says, he who, does not, he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Right now, there are people walking around, and you may not, this may not be the best approach in evangelism. <laughs> hey, bro, you know what you are? What's that? You're a child of wrath. <laughs> Have a nice day. But see, they are this by nature. Look at the end of verse 3. This is what they are by nature. They come out of the womb like this. And I shouldn't say the, they, we. We all come out of the womb like this. It doesn't take long for little Johnny to prove it in the high chair. You know, you give him the little crushed 
carrots and peas. There's a Johnny and this guy that gives me food. And he throws it at you and knocks the thing on. Where did he get that from? Did you model that at the dinner table for little Johnny? You know, like you take a bite of your food. I don't like it. You push it off the table. Where did he see that? He is by nature a child of wrath. Amen? (laughs) This is proven out in everyday life. Now, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh. Your flesh is sarx in Greek, S-A-R-X. The word in Greek can mean our human body, our human nature with all its limitations, or, and this is the definition for us, our fallen humanity subject to sin and its effects. Paul says... We are indulging the desires of the flesh and of, see the second word there? And of the mind. That's dianoia. We were haughty in our minds against God. Genesis 6.5 says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul talks about we are demolishing strongholds and every lofty thing that raises itself up against what? The knowledge of God. Do you know that spiritual warfare is largely fought in the realm of ideas? Spiritual warfare is largely fought in the realm of ideas. If I can redefine God if I can redefine salvation, if I can remove God in the enlightenment, we don't need God, or if I can come up with an evolutionary theory that tells you there's no God, then what have I done? I've taken an idea, a thought against the God of the Bible, Dianoia, with my mind, and I've tried to demote God and elevate man. And that's what man did. So he said, you know what, we're going to get rid of these God thoughts. They're they're not the highest thing. It's all about man. We'll elevate man and we'll demote God. And what did that do for uh, society? You know, a lot of the great thinkers through these periods of time committed suicide at the end of their lives because they couldn't live with their philosophy because when man realizes he's going to die and he has no God to whom... Number one, he's accountable, who made him, who may provide the answers to an afterlife and to death itself. What does he have? That's where you hear the stories of these men who are sitting on the Riviera and they they have their head in their hands and they don't know what to do with themselves because they've written their whole lives against the God of the Bible and now they don't even know how to accept the fact that he's real. I remember a story about one man who was given a Bible by his, uh, I think it was his grandson. And he had written all these famous books and he was sitting on the Mediterranean with all these servants, nine servants, and he was miserable and he knew he was going to die without God. And his uh, grandson gave him a Bible and said, read this. And he came to a verse that says, what should profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And he says, that sounds good, but it's a bunch of bunk. That's all he could say about it. And he couldn't turn his life over to God. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it's from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. 1 Timothy 5.6 says, But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. 1 Timothy 5.6 
And so the world is described as the walking dead. You know how on death row sometimes they'll have uh, the idea of a dead man walking, and that's someone who's slated to die on death row. And once they're making that walk, they call him the dead man walking. Well, that's, that's our world. Until Christ makes us alive, we are dead people walking. You say, but people seem so vibrant. They have good personalities, athletic bodies. How could they be dead? Because they're dead spiritually. They're separated from God. And if they stay in that state, they're going to die in their sins. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. You don't want to die in your sins. See, all who are in Adam die, but all who are in Christ shall be made alive. Okay, that's the end of our Bible study. Have a good night. No, I'm just kidding. Now, if we stopped there, we'd be bummed out, right? Jeez, wow, Paul, come on. Remember how I told you the first three verses of Ephesians 2 mirror the first three chapters of Romans 1, 2, and 3? Well, here comes the good news. And Paul transitions to it with two words. He says, but God. God intervened. You've been listening to The Gift of Life, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the Bible uses several metaphors to describe the condition of unbelievers. And being dead in sin is one of them. And it certainly is a powerful uh, message that it conveys to be dead in sins and trespasses. But the Bible also uses the idea of sickness of sinners For example, the heart is deceitfully uh, wicked or desperately sick, Jeremiah 17, 9. Jesus said, I have not come to call the the healthy, but the sick. It's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I think you get the point. This is one of the main images of, of the unbeliever, but it's not the only one. And of course, people who are dead in trespasses and sins are walking around, their hearts are beating. It's not that they are a corpse in that sense. Uh, Let me give you an example. Adam and Eve, when they ate the forbidden fruit in Genesis 3, they died spiritually. And uh, they could still hear the voice of God and interact with him. So here's my point. To be dead in sins and trespasses doesn't mean that you can't uh, understand who God is and even hear his voice and respond. Um, And this is, of course, a debate that is happening and has happened in many Christian circles. Um, Do you have to be born again before you believe, or do you believe and then you're born again? And I hold to the latter. You believe, then you're born again. And I would encourage you, if you're looking for um, some verses to support this, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 lays out the order. You believe, and then you're born again. And though I don't want to, this is not about a debate right now. This is just um, expressing the fact that to be dead in sin doesn't mean that you can't respond to God. And certainly we know that it must be God who draws us, who woos us. And he does that really through the preaching of the gospel. 
How, how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Here's the point. When the gospel gets preached, you can hear it. If you're an unbeliever right now, you've just heard it. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, died for your sin, rose from the dead, and you must receive him as Lord and Savior. Now, you have a chance to respond to that. And you can respond to it. Repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel. The gift is there, and you have to have a moment where you receive it. And so if you want help with that, 844-48-TRUTH is a number you can call, 844-48-TRUTH. Pastors are here on staff uh, to help you if you have a question about how to get saved, not to debate a point on <laughs> doctrine. Uh, candidly, brethren, that's that's not what, why the phone number's there. It's really just to help people get to know Jesus Christ. So God bless you. Hey, we appreciate all of you who partner with us. We love you. And we're so grateful for um, the passion that's out there for the gospel. Let's be united in the gospel and in the proclamation of it. And we'll see you right here tomorrow for more in Ephesians chapter two. God bless. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God about that. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, called The Gift of Life. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.